If you enjoy Talk Me Into, boy, do we have a surprise for you. We have a brand new video show because Video Killed, the podcast star, we all know it's true. It is called So Discussions, where we discuss sodas. Yeah, join us every week as Jeff and I discuss soda, pop, fizzy things. And bubbly. Yeah, whether they're delicious or gross. Is it so disgusting or so delicious? You won't know unless you watch every Thursday on YouTube. (laughs) That's a really... Results may vary. (laughs) So this is a movie that you guys will like. I thought it was okay. Oh, baby, that was good. I am stupid. I like to cook slop. You want to top that slop? Thought we were going to have fun here. Yes, queen. Down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. Did we talk you into... Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like. This week is Star Trek Discovery. My name is Jeff and I'm getting sick of soda. My name is Jimmy and I don't miss midnight showings of movies. (laughs) My name is Dan and when I was 14, I used to paint my nails black, which was cool because I was a goth. But what sucked, because I also bit my fingernails. (laughs) So you just got to taste that. I've uh, told the story of when I painted my nails black and my mom made me walk to school. We did talk about that. I'm not going to say that that again. Very funny, though. Jim, wholeheartedly agree with you. There's really no reason to see a movie Even pre-pandemic, pre-baby, when movie theaters are like, midnight, come in at seven. Yeah. Let's let's fit a a few more showings in there. You guys get to come in after work and then go home and get to bed on time. Yeah. I just saw Dune on a Thursday night at 6 p.m. That's what made me think of it. I had several friends who were going to see that on uh, Thursday I watched one hour of it last night before I went to bed early. How could you break up the movie Dune? If you buy a house with a baby and you have two and a half hours to kill the baby came with the house yeah if you buy a house that has a baby inside of it (laughs) the baby contact a lawyer first of all but second of all do i gotta raise this thing now let me know it was it was always planned to watch it in two parts and thursday night or like all right let's just watch like half of it now i got 14 seconds into it before my my wife was like i'm tired so we didn't even get past the WB logo and I turned it off. I love how the director was like, yeah, we have to break it into two. It's just too big. And Jeff's like, we're breaking it into four, buddy. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so I, I broke that up. But yeah. yeah, I totally agree with that. And another, when I was in elementary school, this a friend of mine, his mom brought in uh, cupcakes that were decorated like Santa Claus. Like the frosting was the beard. It was very cute, very delicious cupcakes, if memory serves me correctly. And all of a sudden, my friend started to vomit in class violently. And we were like, oh, did you get food poisoning? What's wrong? We're in third or fourth grade. And it turns out that we were doing some project and he had whiteout all over his finger and he thought it was frosting. So he was licking it off. So he just ate whiteout thinking (laughs) it was frosting. It was very funny. Was Uh, your friend you? (laughs) No, it wasn't. But his name was Steve. Cool. Oh, he's dead now from all that white out. I don't know. I haven't seen him in a long time. Could be. 
Imagine he just like grew an addiction to that and like it's like huffing glue. My Yo, weird guys, addiction. You guys yeah. got any whiteout? Yeah. You mean cocaine? No, actual whiteout. White Some error correcting taste. <laughs> We're talking ourselves into things, guys. We do it every week. Every it's single fun. time. Every single time we do it. It's one of our favorite segments. And if it's not your favorite, you can skip it. Look at the show notes. There's timestamps. Skip on over to the Star Trek pre-watch. I thought you were going right. to be like, and if it's not your favorite, you can go to hell. <laughs> no, that's I, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Oh, nice. What uh, are you, your mom? Your words have power, Daniel. Nice. I am talking myself into figuring out my camera a little bit better. Uh, (laughs) I spent a lot of money on this camera a couple of years ago. Pretty sure I talked about it on the show. And uh, it is way more complicated than um, just my little brain can handle sometimes. Um, So I've been kind of like figuring out like color profiles and stuff like that, Mm. which is like obviously color correction. I'm sure you felt like color. I do like color. Um, So color correction is very important, especially with like a nice like mirrorless camera like this, because you can really like get those like emotions out of those colors. Mm. Um, So like color profiles, it's sort of like S log you can do or like slogs. Yeah. Yeah. Slogs. Um, It's all these like profiles or whatever. But the nice thing about those color profiles is that you can buy or like have a subscription to something that will give you LUTs, which are called lookup tables. Um, so that those kind of change, those change the colors. Basically, they they look up whatever the uh, like arrangement of like what whites we want, what blacks we want, what uh, different blues, grays, things like that. And it kind of just like applies it. So it's kind of like throwing on a filter for Instagram. But like it's a lot nicer than that. Question. Yes. Can you shoot. So discussions. To look like a moldy, pissy, gray Zack Snyder movie? 100% I could. Yeah. Like, that's the best thing about, like, color profiles and stuff. I mean, it's how else would you like describe that. a Zack Snyder movie? That's how moldy, they look. pissy. Pissy, gray just yeah. killed me. You know what I mean? It's like that yellowish, greenish, gray. Yeah, well, I mean, in the late 2000s, early 2010s, there was a teal and amber that ran rampant, like a special, like a Doctor Who we watched yes. that was very prominent in the TARDIS sets. Right. Man, now. Yeah. Zack Snyder is like, make everything look like you're seeing it through a layer of dirty piss. Correct. <laughs> that That's what his color correction. I mean, that was like the big thing when uh, Joss, Joss Whedon. Whedon took over is that he got rid of that filter. Joss Whedon was like, does he know that there's reds in the world? Yeah. Like the color red exists. Right. Especially with Superman. Yeah. Um, and then he was a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's basically what my whole thing is especially because dan we recorded your uh movie uh, collection. movie collection video and i recorded that in s log and when you probably looked at it you were probably like it looks gray like um Didn't oh actually notice. when we did um when we were testing out the uh so discussion set um we did a test shoot yeah we did i don't like soda anymore i <laughs> <laughs> you know we should probably address that yeah it's on. fine off mic um yeah, it's basically, it, it makes it look gray, and then you add the colors in later, and uh, that's what i am been kind of testing out, and it's cool. been very fun, and I did it with your uh, video, and I thought the colors came up pretty good in that. Cool. Yeah. Jeff, what are you talking yourself into? Getting a new pillow. Now, I ragged you guys I for like having this. boring ones all the time, but I'm a boring guy. Not a lot's happening recently. 
I, How I, long do you guys keep pillows? Too long. I didn't. I had. So I have. Let me go back two pillows. So two <laughs> pillows ago, my mom got for me when I was like born in high school. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was like it, it was like made for asthmatics. It was really nice. And I wore the shit out of that to where when I lived with you like five years ago, I was just like using a couch pillow because I was in between pillows. Um, yeah. I mean, you can get a pillow at Walmart for like six dollars. Yeah, but I, don't, I didn't. I wanted like a good pillow, but I didn't want to pay for one. So, so I you just settled for a couch couch. Pillow. Yeah. And I tore holes in them <laughs> with my beard hairs and stuff. It was I, I was in a bad pillow place for a couple of years, guys. And then my in-laws at their house when we went over one time they had these really nice pillows and i was like where'd you guys get these pillows my pillow and guy they, they were like we don't like them do you want them and i was like yeah they're my pillows oh geez this was this was a pre a pre-trump thing that happened i was like i seen the commercials it's a comfortable pillow i didn't pay for them they were already paid for but now I'm at the point where the pillows are getting worn down again. Mm. And it's I had supposed a to last forever. Thanks, I, I had a, I had a conversation with a buddy and he was like, you got to change them like every year or two. I was like, that's absurd. Nobody changes pillows that quickly. I believe if you were to like Google it, they say like six, six months. months. Yeah, that's insane. That's yeah. So I was in the market for a new pillow. Everybody Mine's like five years, like every five yeah. years, I'll probably swap out a pillow. And I'm like, I. I like the new my pillow when I got it, but there's absolutely no way on earth I will ever support uh, whoever that guy's name is. Yeah. So I Googled my pillow that's not my pillow, <laughs> and I came up with a list. And I was looking that, and then looking how much they cost, and then I got to like the fourth or fifth option, and I put it in on Amazon because I don't want to support one tyrant, so I'll support another. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, do what you got to do. So these pillows were 30 bucks each. I was like, that's affordable for a long-term pillow. Amazon had a 50% coupon. So Ooh. I got two. I was like, I don't need to, but I'm going to get two. So I got it like two days later and it stinks because it's oh. like that that material. Oh, right. actually, you have to like air it. Yeah. It's like not good. No, you have to like air it out. And so right. it smelled like straight up paint when right. I opened it. I'm like, oh, so I let it air out a couple days. It has a minor smell now. Slept on it last night. Guy slept like a like a little tiny baby. So you and your wife sleep in the same bed, but you don't have like matching pillows. You each handle she your own pillows. She likes flat pillows or no pillows. She's a monster. Oh man, she Can't is a that. psychopath, and I'm throwing all the dirty laundry out there on the internet. She's a very lovely woman. <laughs> we just have different pillow preferences. We're different pillow people. Pillow prefs. Yeah. So there's a podcast. So so far, one night in, it's pretty good. So when you get it, it's all like rolled up, and then you let it air out, put it in the dryer, fluffed it up. This little bitch is so thick. Oh my god! <laughs> and it it has the option you could open it up and pull some of the stuff out. Yeah. And they uh, gave me another bag with more stuff if you want to make it even fluffier. I don't. I can't even handle more fluffy. This thing is so fluffy and full and lovely. If I put more in it, I would just be sitting up straight. It's so nice. Yeah. I like that. Like, I need my head basic. I need to be at a 90 degree I used angle to be when a, I sleep. I used to be a two-pillower for my whole childhood. Yeah, I do, too. Because I think at one point, there was only one pillow allowed to be used in America, and everybody had them. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were right. just like, they were flat, whatever, but like, elevate your head so you don't have boogies go down your throat at night. You know? I have a weird com combination. I use um, a contoured pillow on the bottom and then a very light okay. thin pillow on top of that so that it's not yeah. so dramatically like with your head in a groove 
You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? I, I understand that. I want to do it myself, but I understand. I, I will sometimes it. fold a pillow so my head's even up. Yeah, higher. sometimes I, I would do that with one of the one of the two my pillows that yeah. is not good. I would have to fold it sometimes. Yeah. Or like if I was sick or something. Right. You know, you had a headache. Mm-hmm. That's very very boring. But I did also have a pillow person when I was a child. Do you guys remember those? Yes. Yeah. I had the Damn. WWF pillow. Guys. Yeah. The oh my god yeah you did have that actually they were hogan i had the wcw ones because i was wcw i was i was wcw through and through my cousin had hulk hogan yeah i had the nwo hulk hogan wow Uh, new New world World order Order. (laughs) dan what are you talking here (laughs) wolf pack I'm talking myself into a comic book series that just dropped. I didn't know anything about it. I saw it at my local comic book shop, and I was called Harley Quinn. (laughs) No, (laughs) just kidding. Close. It's called uh, Catwoman, Lonely City. Have you guys heard of this at all? I have not, nor will I ever read it until I talk you into it. Uh, Uh, No, it's really good. I mean, I don't know why you're against it. Uh, Not because you're saying it. I have no opinions on it. Cliff Chang, the artist okay. from Paper Girls, uh, yeah. and he's done Wonder Woman, he's like done him. Green Arrow, he's done a lot of big stuff. I liked his work on Wonder Woman a lot. Yeah. Uh, he He's the writer, uh, artist, uh, colorer, and letterer of this book. This oh, I love art. when artists letter. This is his passion project. Uh, the first issue just dropped. It's on the DC Black label, so it's like a maxi size, which is just how they get you to spend more money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really a beautiful book. I love his art. Um, don't want to give too much away. It is basically picks up 10 years after the quote, the worst night in Gotham city, uh, when Batman, most of the bat family and the Joker are all killed. We don't know yet how that happened. Uh, Harvey Catwoman is getting out of prison. She's been in jail for 10 years. She's older. She's got bad knees. Same girl. (laughs) I feel you. Yeah. Uh, Harvey Dent is mayor. He is still Two-Face, but he has, like, reclaimed his Harvey Dent personality, and he's the mayor of Gotham. Uh, he's installed this, like, police force that are, like, super brutal, and they wear, like, Batman-type armor. Mm. Um, so far, a lot of it has been stage setting, but it's just really well done. It feels prestige Selena has broken into her old home, uh, gotten some cash and some weapons and a cat suit, and she just went to this bar and met up with uh killer croc who's now like a bouncer because there's no like crime in gotham and he's like old and fat and she's like i need your help with one last heist and uh yeah it's it's interesting Hmm. there's a flashback scene to her like holding batman as he died and uh he mentions like this word and we don't know what it is but it has something to do with her mission that she's trying to do okay so uh yeah yeah, sounds interesting. It's really good if you're looking for a new series, Catwoman, Lonely City. We talked ourselves into stuff, guys. We sure did. Space, the final frontier. These I said it. Are the missions? With as much class as William Shatner. These are the voyages. Before we get too much further. Patrick Stewart. Who is our favorite Starship captain? I wasn't prepared for this. I wasn't prepared for this either. I think you got to go Picard, though. Controversial John Archer. 
Uh, you said it before, so I know you're not just making shit up. Yep. I got to go with Kirk. It's classic. Okay. All these answers acceptable. They're all good answers, yeah. except for Dan's. Uh, Star Trek Discovery really good. Um, was uh, premiered in 2017. Season four is about to drop. Um, it's on CBS All Access, uh, which is now Paramount Plus. I was going to say dating um, yourself there Papa in america Jeff. so you got to pay for it in america but everywhere else in the world it's on netflix vpn baby right Jay? vpns don't work anymore with really? uh netflix yeah netflix uh blocked it oh yeah netflix now it's just for the dark web what yeah. do you do what do you do with netflix your jobs I know. <laughs> <Am> I <right? laughs> so this is the seventh star trek series and it was the first series since the conclusion of enterprise in 2005 Crazy. um and i mean cbs is going it's been a long yeah. road cbs paramount plus are going pretty all in in the star trek shows right now star trek yeah. discovery picard lower decks all out we got brave new world coming out we got prodigy coming out there's a whole bunch of star wars shows it's too much <laughs> like i love star trek but like it's it's too much it's for a me. lot but i, I mean, think it's this is a bit of a tangent but i've been yes. wanting to say this let's on the do it we haven't talked about star trek yet uh this isn't about star trek okay uh, let's talk about whatever this is about to. how people like us have ruined all film and tv okay grandpa uh, no, no, I'm I to blame agree with this actually. because our dollars went to purchasing tickets and funding shows that have created the idea that everything has to be a cinematic universe. Why right. not? Because it sometimes it's too much. DC but has ruined my life. Marvel has done it well. <laughs> we love that. DC failed. The Star Trek one, it's good. Here's the real reason why it's bad though, because now nobody can just make a movie about people talking. Like that doesn't exist anymore. That's fine. I'm fine. With it. <laughs> it's all fine. Um, I mean, that's why like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies are also like not amazing, too, because they're not I really disagree. Star Trek. So I mean, they're good for what they are, but they're not Star Trek. So my history with Star Trek, we'll get more into Discovery, but we'll just all talk about how we got into Star Trek because Star sure. Trek's a big thing. And we it haven't is. done an episode on it yet, which is wild. This has been on my list for a while. Lower Decks, I, I haven't watched much of it. but I've I heard it's very good. Though. Yeah, I've watched a few episodes, and I want to talk about that at some point, too. Um, but growing up, it was Star Trek or Star Wars, and that was a line that I would not cross. I was a Star Wars boy through and through, and Star Trek was my enemy. Then I turned like... I would say that before 2009, that's pretty much how people thought. Like, you either liked one or the other. Maybe for us, because we were like losers. young and stupid yeah. losers. And uh, my stepdad, Larry, uh, who has passed, and I love him a lot. Big ups, Larry. What's up? He was a Star Trek boy, and he would always watch it. And I was like, you are a fool. And then we would <laughs> argue with each other. Uh, not real arguments. Um, and then J.J. Uh, Abrams' Star Trek came out in 2009. I was like, okay, I'll watch it. Whatever. It's a fresh start. Like mm -hmm. Star Trek. There's so much going on with it. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to watch. Actually, going back a little bit further, the first Star Trek movie I ever saw in theaters was Star Trek Nemesis. I went with my friend about that. I went with my friend Phil because he was heavy into Star Trek, and I was like, "This is not good." And he was like, <laughs> "I don't disagree." But then J.J. Abrams Star Trek comes out, and I was like, "This is." I thought it was amazing. I still love the first one from 2009 because not being deep in the fandom. Um, which I know a lot of people are, and this film was divisive um, yeah. to a lot of people. Divisive. <laughs> um, don't start this again, yeah. Dan. We don't need another one. But I liked how it was a reboot 
Right. And also just a continuation. I love what they did with the wibbly wobbly timey wiminess of it. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend going to watch the three movies. They're just three movies. It's fine. It's They're its fun. own universe. Yeah. Very fun. Um, really liked what they did with that. I liked all three of them. I was like, man, I wish that they would make more of these or make a TV show. Um, and then we got Discovery, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But first, Dan, what's your history with Star Trek in general? Yeah, pretty similar. I mean, I knew about Star Trek peripherally. Uh, shout out to Five Star Sean, Jimmy's dad. He's a trekker. Um, I watched some Star Trek with him growing up. I, one of my earliest memories of Star Trek isn't even the show or the movies. It's that my Uncle Sean had a Star Trek phaser remote control for the TV. That sounds right, yeah. I that, sell those. That I don't think worked. Um, that also sounds right, yeah. It was a next generation phaser, which is kind of already shaped like a remote control, so it wasn't like a big stretch. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, so I had seen little bits here. Um, I think I the first thing I saw was, I don't even remember the name of it. It was the movie where the next generation crew went back in time to interact with the people who created the warp drive. That is... First Arrival or something like First that. First Contact. First Contact, which is not a bad one. It's um, good, and it's one of the best Next Generation movies. Yeah. Uh, and then, but I really got into it when J.J. Abrams movies came out, and I was like, oh, this is Star Wars, but with uniforms. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I went back. Uh, the original series came out on Blu-ray, and it was like a beautiful transfer. They redid all the special effects. We watched those. Yeah, so I so watched that. what I did around that time, I worked with a guy who was very into Star Trek. And this is when we were getting Netflix discs. We got three at a time. We were like, let's alternate the three we're getting and bring them home and burn two copies each. So we both did that. So we got the whole series. We helped each other out. And then like a month later, it was streaming on Netflix, and it has been ever since. Nice. Yeah, I bought them because I'm not an illegal American. No, I I am a th- I was a, a thief of mm-hmm. art. A pirate. Yes, I was a Somali a pirate. pirate. Yes. I am the captain now. But yeah, I mean, um, I have no exposure to Star Trek Discovery other than I know it exists and I want to watch it. Jim, what's your Star Trek background? So my dad you were five, raised in it. Yeah, my dad five star oh, Sean, huge huge fan. Uh, also. My mom is as well because she had to watch yeah, Next Generation as it aired with my dad. It's funny. Their marriage didn't last, but Star Trek did. Yeah, my mom still really likes Star, Star Trek. Star Trek is eternal. Um, I don't think she's really into it now, but she's seen all the movies. She likes Picard. Stuff. I don't think she's seen that. Yeah, Next Generation is what your dad effed with. I don't think she's seen Picard. Though. Oh, no, I mean the character, oh, Jean-Luc gotcha. Picard. Correct. That is that is right. That's a um, captain. Yes. So um, I remember watching like just the movies and stuff. I remember watching because he had the box set of all the movies on VHS. Mm. Um, and he was watching at the time he was watching Enterprise. And uh, that was like kind of the first show that I was watching with him. This is before. I don't think we even had like a good DVD player because he was watching burned DVDs of Enterprise on his computer. Mm. And uh, I remember watching that with him, like not like a ton of them, but. Um, Can I just say that the 2000s were such a wacky time? It was that very. We wacky. were all burning DVDs. Yeah. Like the technology was way far advanced of like what any of us had capabilities for. Right. So we were just watching him on his computer screen. So I remember watching those and I was very into it. And then, yes, the J.J. Abrams movie came out and then everybody was into Star Trek. And then I watched um, the original series with you, Dan. Um, I don't think we watched all of it, but I watched a big chunk of it with you. 
and um yeah i was kind of hooked ever since i never really watched next generation even though i've been told i need to I haven't really seen anything else other i than haven't watched original. the whole thing i've watched a little bit yeah i've watched watched episodes. chunks of it at this point now yeah um but yeah a uh, big fan of the movies uh big fan of the shows haven't seen discovery so star trek discovery is it's a balance in between uh the format of the previous series as well as the jj abrams movies so they are drama heavy character heavy and also action heavy they've got heavy characters in it because i'm into that well in prodigy there's a thick boy i don't know if you saw that he's <laughs> he's a he's a really big guy um and you know there, there's a lot of things like my wife loves action pack mm-hmm. stuff so she loves this show she loves the characters and then began to love the characters loves the uh actors in it too so this is like one of the shows that we're like yeah it's discovery time let's put it on and we both really love that's it. fun um so the cast you will love and here is why. So um, some of the cast members, we have Michelle Yeoh as Philippa Giorgio. Like her. Who's a very good actress. We have uh, Sonequa Martin-Green, who plays Michael Burnham. She was in like Walking her. Dead. Yeah, I knew she was in this show. Yeah, she's the main character mm-hmm. in Discovery. We have Doug Jones, who plays a Kelpie. Oh, shit. Named Saru. And the he's, ultimate guy in the suit. Oh, right. And right. he's not just like... A weird looking character there's a lot of development within his character and he's you get attached to him really well um we have anthony rapp who plays um paul stamets oh i didn't know he was in yeah this. jason we talked isaacs about it during uh rent jason isaacs is in the show he plays uh captain Lorca, and uh, a bunch of other people christopher pike is a character in here because this is a prequel to um the original series oh i didn't realize yeah that. so yeah. i mean i'm cool with it some people aren't cool with it and it's it's that thing of like well if the phantom menace took place before how come everything's shinier and more futuristic it's like that there's i've heard they like kind of split it off in its own separate thing spoilers jim i don't want to get into a lot of stuff yet um but yeah so like you know it's not that it's a secret spock shows up in season two right um i mean there's a spinoff with pike and spock coming out called brave new world so um there's there's a lot of there's a lot of sci-fi stuff in here like i mean it's star trek so it has what you like there's klingons yes klingons tribbles yes there are tribbles throwing things (laughs) yeah no but there are but they don't overdo it and i mean there's a lot of romulans yes that's controversial because romulans didn't appear until season two of the original series or there's at least mentions i'm not sure well there's so there there's a lot of stuff where if you don't know much about star trek i'm very basic on my star trek knowledge yeah, my same. wife is zero you're a basic and we bitch. both still really like the show so you don't have to know anything about it but there's also a ton of easter eggs like after episodes air i'll just read about it and people like especially on twitter go crazy they're like wow they made a reference to this or like right. this alien that was in this episode shows up or like they'll have something from the animated series only show up on mm-hmm. screen yeah so they do cool stuff like that nice yeah i'm excited for this i it's, think you guys will like it. i'm if, very if you don't this. you're dumb this is an easy one <laughs> okay like this is easy and then watch picard and okay. then watch lower decks and then we could all be friends again. I saw on uh, Binging with Babish, he made a rabbit pizza from Picard. I was like, okay, maybe I could f*** with this. Sorry, Sorry Jim. Jim. Jeez. I actually didn't even mean Jeez. to say that. <laughs> I all meant right. to say F with it. This is the segment's over. It's done. I want to talk about rabbit pizza more. <laughs>
Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Discovery. These are the discoveries of the Starship Shenju. We're going to be spoiling episode one and two of season one of Star Trek Discovery. And then oddly, season two, episode four of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, I don't know if that was a good idea. We'll get there when we get there. Oh, okay. Ooh, ooh, uh, ooh, also ooh. want to call out, uh, Jimmy sounds really, really good. He's on his new mic. He's so smooth. Thank you. If you thought that we yeah. sounded good before, you're idiots because jimmy oh. sounds really good now sorry jim and now me and dan we sound like bozos yeah. do you think it does make a difference absolutely in the yeah. room it does absolutely. we'll hear what it sounds like okay. in the post give me a really deep really yeah deep. oh do like a oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah the hairs Butter. on the back of my butt are standing up Ooh, okay. <laughs> that's a panty dropper so Sick. Jeff, season one, episode one. Yeah, I like this as a starting point for you yeah. to give us. <laughs> it's usually a good starting point. Sometimes we don't, but yeah, season one, episode one. Um, all, all jokes aside, though, I thought it was really interesting to open the entire series with Klingons. Yeah, yeah, and, and these are some weird looking Klingons. They are. Are they like a subsect? No, they're of just Klingons, they're Klingons. They're just Klingons. It's just now, a huh? redesign. It's it's like Red I don't com. know if we talked about this in the first half, but you know, I when, think we did when yeah. the Phantom Menace came out. They're like, if this was in the past, how come everything's shinier? Yeah. Because it's made twenty years later. Just right. suspend your disbelief. Right. Well, in the past, they have tried to retcon why different Klingons look different. Right. Like, and I mean, oh, there's a genetic offshoot that mm -hmm. blah blah blah. And they kind of did. Now there's like twenty four houses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I was more okay with the like physical appearance of the Klingons mm -hmm. than I was with the rest of the Klingon design choices. Like I hate their uniforms. They're like super metallic and gaudy and spiky and yeah. gold yeah. Okay. and the ships and stuff. But overall I think I, it's fine. I'm not I'm not a Star Trek uh traditionalist. Me neither. So I'm, I'm Oh, I'm not either. Them. I just think from a design point of view, like to have your villains clad in uniforms that have literal spikes coming off of them is a <laughs> bit on the nose. Yeah, it is interesting that they but it, literally did start them off with the Klingons. It, it kind of shows that like it's going to be an ongoing story but for yeah, Discovery. But yeah, it, but it's also Klingons, like they like war. Yeah. yeah that's they true. do be like in war. Yeah. Um, so then we're brought to a desert. Whoa! This chair is very not in this right position. <laughs> and my neck was hurting talking to you guys. And I'm your sorry. notes fell. Um, we're brought to this desert planet uh, with Michael. Michael Burnham. Burnham. Yes. Who is not a man. Yes. Correct. Sonequa Martin-Green. Um, she's on this de desert planet with her commanding officer, who's played by Michelle Yao. Mm -hmm. Who's always. Felipe Georgiou. Wonderful. Yes. Um. I just saw uh, Shang-Chi last night, and she was in it. Yeah, she's yeah. good. She was. Um, and what I like about this introduction is that they are helping a planet that has been... I don't remember the specifics, but... Yeah, like, it's not really important. It's they're going through a drought. They're going through a drought, but it's like not their fault. So they're like, hey, we're going to bring water back to them, but we're also not going to violate the Prime Directive. Right. Which I thought was kind of cool. They had to like sneak in and yes. shoot a well yeah, because they that's a they thing, can't apparently. Interfere. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just a standard the well's mission. gone dry let's shoot it um yeah but it's just a way of establishing like who they are yeah and their relationship with each other their rapport because their yeah. relationship becomes very important by the end of episode two mm -hmm. jim would you say they have a strong rapport uh yeah seven years yeah would and you say that they have a colbert rapport no <laughs> would you say they have a no, michael rapaport <laughs> yeah he, he's actually in the yeah uh in. but she basically 
I'm bad with the names here, but Michelle Yao is like, I'm going to, you need to be promoted. You're going to command your own right. starship. And I was like, oh, okay, this is how things are going to go. This is what this show is about, her commanding her first starship. Right. Doesn't play out that way. No, it does not. <laughs> Quite the opposite, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the introduction of Doug Jones's character, Saru. 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 Saru yes. Whatever. He's he's sort of like a first science officer. Right. He's so, the Spock of the episode of the series. So here's the thing, yeah. though. Is he the Spock or is he mixed with Michael the Spock? They represent both sides of Spock's personality. I can see that. Um, Especially because of who Michael was raised exactly, by. Exactly. We find out later. But I like that Saru. Saru? Saru. Saru. <laughs> I like that we find out later, but they do a good job through the writing and through Doug Jones' performance of showing us that he's like descended from these prey aliens. Yeah, so, Kelpians. So he's like always in a constant state of fight or flight like he's on high alert like have you ever seen like antelopes on the african plane that are just like yeah. looking around yes. and, and that comes into play during one of the major <clears throat> plot points in season one mm. later on in mm. the season where like yeah they they have some more kelpians who don't fare so well mm. so we basically see that they're kind of at odds but it's a friendly rivalry like michael and saru yes like uh He's always on the more cautious side. Mm -hmm. uh, he's like, no, I wouldn't say leave. they're at odds. What? I don't mean in the first episode. It definitely seemed mm -hmm. like they were butting heads a little bit. But I mean, like in a professional right. way, like we respect each other, but we have opposing viewpoints. Right. I like agree. how the Democrats and Republicans are supposed to be. Right. <laughs> um, OK, Dan, it's too political. We're going to get a one star review now. <laughs> no, I mean, like, like we should have different opinions, but respectfully work together to yeah. find the best solution. Well, he's a by the books guy. It's like Bones and Spock in the first. Yeah, they kind of. Butt heads. But, but, so, so he's a he's a by the books guy. Michael Burnham is fueled by emotion or it's starting to come through because we find out that she was adopted by Spock's father. So she's raised and trained in these Vulcan schools. Sarek. So she was she was raised to suppress her emotions, which right. Vulcans do, do. easily. Right. We've seen with Spock, who's half human, struggles with that in the past. We see with Michael Burnham, who is human, definitely right. struggles with that. And that's kind of like her character arc moving forward. It, yeah, it's always it there, like. but especially here, because even in well, we're jumping around because we're not. Yeah, it's fine. We're not professionals. We're just friends talking about what we watched. Yes. Even later on in like the second episode when they're showing flashbacks of Georgiou and Burnham. And it's when Burnham first comes on the Shenju and you could she's like straight up Vulcan mode and that slowly breaks down over yeah. time and it's interspersed <laughs> with her eventually leading to a mutiny. Right. So so let's get to that. Basically, uh, Burnham wins the argument versus Saru, mm -hmm. and uh, the captain allows her to go check out this weird object that's causing a disturbance in right. space. She gets there. She finds out it's some gigantic Klingon artifact, and it's, like, moving when she lands on it, and then all of a sudden there's a Klingon, and he's in, like, full battle gear, and he starts moving towards her, and she, like, weirdly, like, like, Goldberg spears him if you're a WCW fan <laughs> and somehow he stabs himself with his own weapon which I'm like is this the worst Klingon ever yeah it is yeah and uh he dies and uh she gets back on the ship I like that there's so we talked about the setting this is yeah. earlier yep and the technology isn't quite as great as it will one day be um right like there's no 
like um teleportation yet it's very like it's, it's reserved mm. for like you know that's Vulcans have it so she's wearing this jet pack suit which is very reminiscent of like what our astronauts could wear mm-hmm. and it only has a limited time range so she shot she suffers from like uh radiation poisoning from being in space and stuff like right. that yeah what did you Her guys think of too. at this point we've seen a lot of action so far which mm-hmm. is which we've seen in the star trek movies right. but not so much in, in proper tv star trek what do you think about it i think it's fine i mean we will probably come to the debate of is this star trek or not huh. um which i kind of feel like it's different enough that it's not necessarily it's not my dad star trek you know um jeff's like it's in the name of course it's star trek (laughs) i mean i think it's fine for what it is i just look at it as like it's the star trek movies version of a star trek series i don't look at it as like next generation or whatever i feel you but i'm going to say that it's a little more reserved than the movies and i think that's primarily due to the fact that they know they have a longer time to tell the story Mm. to me it feels like halfway between star trek 2009 and star trek enterprise which is like sort of the most recent standalone star yeah. trek series yeah, right before right. discovery so it feels like they're kind of like splitting the difference i guess so yeah i mean i i like it i think it looks great yeah. i think that the design is great so we haven't we ha- we've had like hand-to-hand combat and stuff and we've had some space exploration yeah but at the end of this episode it segues into like space what, battle right so like right um we get a view inside a klingon warship there's this leader uh, who I think we eventually find out is named Tuvok. Nope, Tukuvma. Oh, Tukuvma. That's mm-hmm. right. And uh, he is like a, uh, uh, I don't know what you would compare him to. He's like a firebrand speaker who's like trying to like rally the 24 houses of Klingon society to like a big war, which mm-hmm. is like. Yeah, it's a band together. He's claiming that he's like the resurrected warlord i forget the guy's name but i recognize it from other star trek things see i don't because i'm not like well caval or some shit like that oh yeah that's right um so anyways what i liked best about this scene and the reason why i want to call attention to it is because it could just be like a guy who's like we got to do this we got to fight for klingons and he's got his whole catchphrase like remain klingon and all this shit Mm -hmm. but the coolest thing about it is the introduction of the idea of how race and class works in Klingon society. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of deconstruction so, into that. So basically he says that the guy that was killed by Burnham is the torchbearer, which we don't yet know what that means, but they need to find a new torchbearer. And uh, they go to like his next of kin. Basically, yeah. yeah. They're like, okay, you represent the same great house. Will you be the torchbearer? And the guy's like sort of like, meh. not really and he's asking for volunteers from all these great houses no one steps up then this white uh klingon yep like albino klingon steps forward named vok and he's like uh yo i'll be the torchbearer (laughs) and he's like takovima's like you come from no great house and he's like yeah but i have like belief and right whatever and and then he chooses them so i just thought that was like interesting Um, it is interesting you don't really get that with like obviously like the Klingons are just a villain. In Star I mean, they're Trek. no Santarans, really... Jim. Yes, they're no Santarans. <laughs> Anyways, we find out that the uh, the object that's floating in space that Burnham landed on is uh, called the the oh no the guy is a torchbearer, but it's basically <laughs> it's a huge light and sound emitter, 
it's a way of like oh yeah calling the klingon banners cool. like in game of thrones they call the banners this is like hey when this thing lights up everyone's got to show up and they do all 24 houses yeah and at first they're like in stealth mode so starfleet's like what should we do what should we do and burnham's like yo we gotta shoot them well that's because she had a talk with uh zarek zarek yes. i forgot his Zarek. Name. yeah and she was asking him like what did you do mm-hmm. how did the vulcans like yeah derive deal, deal like with the klingons and he basically just piece. said you know bush doctrine that shit shoot first mm-hmm. um right. so when she brings that idea to georgiou who's part of the federation She's like, she's yo, like, we're Starfleet. We don't shoot yeah, first. We don't, yeah. we don't do that. Come on, man. We're peacekeepers. And I thought that was a really good conversation they had. Right. Um, well, and j- it's just about about war, about moral, about, you know. But also about the difference between, okay, it's easy to like simplify. Like if I was describing Star Trek to like my nine-year-old niece, I'd be like, they go in space and they end up having battles. But really, like, that's not what Starfleet's supposed to be. No. Like no. their mission is like a mission of exploration. And this is the bridge from Jimmy's Star Trek to the star trek <laughs> yeah well, it kind of is but also um like the idea that she's getting advice from sarek is like cool because he's experienced klingons but also sarek is a representative of the vulcan high command like mm. they're a nation like their their job is to protect vulcan interests so like it would make sense that they could possibly come into battle with klingons but starfleet really shouldn't be picking a fight with klingons and we see a little bit why Michael Burnham might be a little clouded by her history, which is that her family was killed in a Klingon terrorist attack, mm-hmm. and she was like adopted by Sarek. Yeah, and then later, pretty much adopted by Philippa. So this episode ends with like sort of a great mutiny cliffhanger thing. Yeah, uh, they're having the argument. Uh, Philippa is like, "Yo, let's talk in my chambers because you wilding right now." <laughs> And because she's like, we got to shoot first. Burnham is just like losing her shit. And yeah. so they go into like her private office and George, Phil, I forget her name. Michelle. Yeah. was like convincing <laughs> her why this is a bad idea and how it's not part of their command. And she just Vulcan nerve pinches her. Yeah. Burnham is just like, okay, bye. She just shuts her down. <laughs> yeah. Then she goes under the bridge and tries like the most half-assed attempt at convincing them that everything's fine. She's like, yeah, the captain is resting. Uh, we need to fire. And Saru's like, um, no, like that doesn't seem right. And, yeah. Uh, I just love that. Like, uh, Georgina, what, what is her name? Jeff? Give me, give me again. Georgio, Georgiou. Georgiou. She's like, I think it's Philippa Georgia. Pretty much a badass. And she's like, she is. She gets up from the Vulcan nerve pinch and comes out with a gun and she's like, yo, you're done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You got to go to the brig. So bye. And then, of course, like all 24 uh, Klingon warships show up. Yeah. While Burnham is in in the brig. Yeah. And then the ship just gets like fucking destroyed. Sorry, Sorry, Jim. Jim. Um, But yeah, it was. Joe, no. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it was a cool space battle as i was expecting from this kind of show i couldn't remember if this happened in episode one or two two this is, okay yeah episode two we're in episode two now and and another thing you don't really see it in these two episodes you're not introduced to a lot of the main cast yet um mm. so you know it's part of my final push but like a lot of the people on the bridge like those characters over the next two seasons like some of them have like their own episodes right that's a great thing that star trek has always been yes pretty yeah good at. for sure um so we get the flashback that Jeff talked about of uh, Michael joining the Shinju. Um, every time I hear the name of that ship, all I think of isn't that also you got the, the Shinju? Yes, isn't that the same Broad City? Yeah, Broad City. Yeah, the fancy uh, was, yeah dildo. Yes, yes, dildo. 
Sorry, listener. <laughs> I wonder how the creators of Star Trek Discovery let that one slide. It's Shenju, Shenju. not Shinjo. Oh, it's very different words. Yeah, not that different. We all thought it's the same different. thing. It's pretty different. <laughs> um, there's another cool scene. Like they're doing cool things with the Klingons. Like it's easy yeah. to make the Klingons like we like war. Yeah, and that's their entire personality. They do like war. Yeah. But, like, they have reasons. Tacovma is like, hey, the Federation, their slogan is we come in peace. But really what that means is we're going to take away your culture. Which is, like, not true, but also, like, a good argument for him to make. Right. Because you see, like, the idea of the Federation is, like, all these different alien races working together. Uh, but it is sort of like, like look at... I mean, look at the UN. Look at the UN. Yeah, but you also have, like, look at, like... power players. But also, like, Saru, he's in the same, like, Federation gear, speaking English. Like, they, they do kind of force you to assimilate to their culture. Well, Saru also does know 94 languages. And he even makes a comment, like, you guys don't learn any other languages. Yeah. Right. Later on. But I think, like, what he's saying is an interesting commentary on the Star Trek that we've seen throughout yes. the years. Mm. Which is, like, cool, the Federation does get people to work together, but they do basically turn them all into the same bland white bread yeah. monoculture. Well, that's why this one's kind of cool, because, like, they have the USS Shenju, which is, like, uh, an Asian name. Mm. But also, like, they don't have alien names. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's it's uh, Galactic Federation. Right. Yeah, I mean, it all stems from Earth, the yeah. Star Trek being from the 60s. And it's about, like, everybody coming together, you know? I agree, but, like, as a fun way to retcon why the Klingons would be pissed at Starfleet, like, that's a good one. Yeah, it's an interesting take. It's an interesting look at the Federation in, like, 2020. Right. You know? It's easy to portray the Klingons the way they were in the 60s, which is, like, mustache twirling, like, we're just going to kill everyone. Right. The more complicated thing to do is say, like, okay, but why? Like, maybe there's this one crazy guy who wants to, like, go to war for no reason, but to convince the 24 houses, he has to have a reason. So his battle cry of like remain Klingon is like, hey, we're the victims. Yeah. They want to take they want to end Christmas. Like, <laughs> it's that thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, the battle scene. Yeah. I liked it. It felt like halfway between the slow plotting 1960s submarine battles of Star Trek, where it's just like it's two like ships punches and facing each other, shooting missiles until one of them like falls. Oh, the space battle? <laughs> yeah. Or the, yeah. when they're on the ship? No, the no. Moment. I'm talking about the oh, space okay. battle. Yeah. It felt like halfway between that and Star Wars. Like, I don't want to see like... Zigzag. Yeah, exactly. I don't right. want to see like NCC class starships like, shoom, like I doing mean, you barrel get rolls some of, you get some of that in the series, but for the most part, it's just large ships that yeah. don't maneuver that quickly. Just right. shooting at each other. Like to make the Star Wars comparison, there are like the big battle cruisers, Imperial cruisers, and stuff like that. Right. And they like sort of just plot along and blow shit up and then fall out of the sky. But then you have the X Wing. Right. Yeah. And I like that we don't get those because right. this is like an armada. This is like a right. naval batter battle. Star Trek right. space is always supposed to be like submarines. Right. So that was cool. Yeah, for sure. The Shinju Jiao, whatever, is disabled. <laughs> the Admiral ship <laughs> is, is destroyed. Uh, and Takuvma like declares himself the leader of the twenty four yes. houses. Yes. Uh, that doesn't go well for him, or does it? If you're into being a martyr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because they get. I forgot who gave the speech, but he was like dying, and they're like, "You did us proud." Right. This is honorable. Yeah, I think it was Valk, like that name. Valk. Yes, it's a good Klingon name. Um, we get some more Michael Burnham. She's in the brig. 
mm-hmm. while uh, I guess kind of telecommunicating with uh, uh, Sarek, which is interesting. Yeah, like it's sort of an advanced form of a mind meld. Yeah, it was kind of cool. We see in the flashback that like Sarek mind melded with her when she was a child. Um, and he's basically like, yeah, part of me is still with you. Right. That was kind of cool. And then um, he was basically giving her the speech of like why I wanted you to be part of the Federation. And, mm. um, it was cool. It was interesting. And then she kind of got her motivation back. She's like, all right, I need to get out. Of course, while this huge space battle is happening, like the the break is just like gone. Yeah. Like it's like one little corner left. So she has to go from like one place to the well, other. I think, yeah, this show paces really well because you can have these deep character moments yep. in the middle of a space battle. I agree. And you, it doesn't feel halted. It doesn't feel like the character moments are rushed. Yes. I also like that, like, Sarek's speech to her is is sort of like the Vulcan mindset. He's like, you need to let go of ego. You need to put yourself on the back burner. You need to logic your way out of this, basically. Right, yeah. And that's, like, exactly what she does to escape from the bridge. Yep. She's like, yeah, but it, apparently, like, the brig has, um, like, functions to not, like, do inhumane stuff to prisoners. So it's like, if the ship yeah. is, like... If you're about to face imminent death, it will release you. Right. So she has to like prove that she's about she to, to face imminent yeah. death and blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, That's well, fun. if we let you out, you'll just die. And she's like, no, not if you do it this way. I yeah. love that whole sequence. Yeah, that was really cool. She basically Vulcans her way out of jail. Yes. It was very Star Trek. Um, She she goes back to the bridge. She convinces uh, Philippa captain that they need to go <laughs> aboard the Klingon ship and take Takovma captive. Yeah. Because if they kill him, he'll just be a martyr. Right. Um, they get on the ship. Jeff, this is where you you were talking about the hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't... I thought it was cool. It was just like... It was kind of like a sword battle. Yeah, I, I didn't... Uh, what I did like is that they split them up and we were getting cuts between right. like, the two fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that from what we've seen of the fight choreography, I'm not overly impressed. It's a lot of, like you said, like slow punching. Yeah, but I think that's Star Trek. Yeah. You know? They're yeah. just like, Ugh. Right. like a lot of shoving and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, that's what I like Star Trek for. I don't like well, I, I like it because it's not overly emphasis on like the battles and stuff. Like I just want a drama where people talk. Yeah. And like diplomats and stuff. Yeah. I mean the space stuff is cool too. It but. takes me back to like Kirk fighting the Gorn. Yes. Where they're exactly. it's like that's like the worst fight choreography in the history of like <laughs> cinema. Yeah. yeah. Ever. It's just like they're both holding a stick and they're right. like pushing it at each other it's just funny. for like a minute straight. Yeah. So I was like, okay, it's it's kind of that vibe. It, right. it's basically like Starfleet martial arts training is yes. like just push them. Right. It's it kind of like from what I've seen of like clips of Picard or whatever. It's very strange to see like him in like a big battle and stuff like hand to hand combat. I was like, I don't need to see Jean Luc Picard you need <laughs> punching somebody. You need, you need to see. I it. don't know about that. Well, that's why Spock was great because Kirk would be like throwing fifteen punches and then Spock <laughs> would just like do a karate chop to the guy's neck <laughs> yeah, and be unconscious. Yeah, so funny. So uh, the battle doesn't go great for Captain. No, she did. She did. She died. She gets died. And uh, there's a real emotional scene with Burnham trying to get Saru to teleport him back. And he was like, right. there's no life signal. I can't. And then he just teleports her back and she's on like the teleport pad crying. Yeah, yeah. that was cool. I liked she, how that like transitioned. Yeah. Burnham does kill Takuvma, which sucks because she didn't want to kill him. But I guess she didn't really have a choice in the matter. Right. <laughs> he was winning the fight, clearly. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, we talked about Valk has that speech where he's like, yeah. "You you succeeded. You brought us together." So I You're I could have I could have given you one more like episode three to see where it goes next. Well, I, I want to say one more thing at the end of this episode, okay. just because it has bearing on how I watched the last episode, which is this episode basically ends with Burnham being found guilty of mutiny, stripped of her rank, and sentenced to a lifetime in prison. Mm-hmm. Right. Then we get the next episode. Well, well, hold on. <laughs> it's two episodes in. I don't think anybody going into episode three would assume that the main character would just not be not in the be, show anymore. Yeah. Um, oh, so, Michelle Yao? No, um, oh. Michael Burnham. No, Michelle Yao, she dead. She oh, dead, I know. Dead. But I'm just saying, like, if I remember back to this, when this show was originally advertised, wasn't that like a, a fake out? Like, wasn't everyone thinking she was going to be like the captain? Yes. Next captain. Yes, it was. But also it was um, Michael Burnham is like, you know, billed as like the, the audience surrogate. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I, I could have given you the next episode to see where it goes from there. Um, I could have just ended it here and been like cliffhanger. But um, I wanted to give you an episode like halfway through the series or whatever. The beginning of season two. I thought that this was a really good emotional episode. Hmm. It's less of the battling. It's a lot more of the talking. Yes. It and is. it gives you a little bit more with i obviously you're jumping forward so there you might not know what's going on there might be a little bit of spoilers because this isn't just like an episodic show there are episodic episodes pieces of it (laughs) episodes yeah there are episodes um but i i hope that it wasn't too jarring so now we're finally on the uss discovery you see it for the Mm -hmm. first time um and there's a new captain an old captain um this was really bad, in my opinion. I hated the way you built this watch list. I hated this. Really? I was so jarred. Just the way... Plus, there's a previously on, and I'm like, wow, I don't even understand anything on the previously on. Maybe I knew what Okay, was but it's on. also... You know the format of the show, so you just hated the entire episode because... No, I hated... I think you just totally screwed the pooch on this list. I would have been so much happier if you just gave me the first two episodes or the first three episodes. Okay, well, left me right. I'm never going to do this again. Oh, I liked this a lot, actually. I, I'm i happy that you kind of gave us like a normal Star Trek episode because that actually kind of brought me in a little bit more. Um, I liked it because I knew like the whole like Spock story or whatever. Yeah, it's not a secret. No, I've, I'm part just, of pop that culture. That didn't bother me. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it wasn't any of the big like shocking things. Like I understand Christopher Pike. I understand Spock. When you introduce a character who was raised by Sarek, like we're going to get Spock, folks. That's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Um, no, my main thing was like plot points. I had a hard time, like, because, because this is a show that has through storylines, right, which I'm like, which of these plot lines should I care about? And which is the monster? of the So week? you're, you're just mad because you were confused taking notes. No, I'm mad because I, I, I don't want to give away. Let me, I should have saved this for the end. Let's talk about the episode. Jimmy, what worked for you and what didn't work? Well, I thought the episode I thought was probably the most Star Trek that I I was ex- more th- more so than I was expecting, where it just felt like obviously it was like sort of monster of the week, but we also have like those like emotional like heart to heart moments with uh, Saru and uh, yeah, Michael Burnham. That's, that's why I picked this. I don't yeah. I don't care about the spoiler drive me, or Stannis or Tilly yeah. in this episode. Tignataro, who cares? She's not like a super yeah. big character. It, it actually kind of felt to me like an episode of uh, the original series mixed with an episode of Next Generation. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were kind of like combining those two like kind of feels like obviously the, the monster of the week 
um, was like the well. There's like two. There's the spore thing that attacks the girl in engineering, mm-hmm. right? And then there's the giant orb thing, right? In outer space. Yeah, that felt like the original series to me. Yeah, but like the whole like Saru and Michael Burnham thing just felt very like '90s, like next generation. And don't get me wrong, I loved all that. Yeah. I thought the performances were great. Doug Jones, this dude is trapped in a suit his entire career. <laughs> I literally wrote down that even through pounds of prosthetics and makeup yeah he still emotes and yeah. so often he's Crazy. not given the chance he p- gets to play like the monster who right. like grunts and growls and stuff and uh this dude can act i mean we saw it in the shape of water mm-hmm. um still haven't seen that actually jimmy you dumb bastard i know i gotta see it um oddly enough like his performance called to mind um his character in hellboy in the Ape golden Sapien. army mm-hmm. no the golden army he played the uh the elven guy. Well, he still played Abe Sapien. Yeah. Oh, oh. Did he play another character in that? He played the villain. Oh, I didn't know I that. didn't know that. I thought it was... I, Maybe no, I'm wrong. You're definitely wrong. Oh. It's definitely okay. a different person. What is it? Interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, I haven't seen that in like 15 years, so I have no idea. Anyways, uh, Abe Sapien is just the shape of water guy, but funny, right? Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like Dan said, uh, Saru is part of a race called Kelpians and they're preyed upon. Right. They're just like meat. So their race, they go through Varahai, Varahai, um, which is just kind of like them naturally dying. And they just Mm -hmm. accept that it's going to happen. And then when it's his turn to happen. uh, So like they kill themselves pretty much when it's about to happen. Because otherwise they'll go insane. Right. Um, And then uh, they wait a little bit too long. He doesn't die. And then uh, his little he goes through puberty, cerebrity. Um, and he's like, oh, my God, I'm fine. But like, it's a very big buildup. And like when yeah. I was originally watching this, I didn't know if he was going to die because like they kill main characters in the right. show. You saw right. it already. Honestly, that's a big part of what made me angry about this choice of episode, because I was like, really like this character in the first two episodes. Jeff took out all the time I got to spend with him and skipped to his death. I was sure he was going to die. <laughs> yeah, me so too. So I was like, cool. I could have gotten a whole season of Saru and loved it and then really felt the emotional weight of this episode. But instead, I just get his death. I was happy that he didn't, he didn't die. I had a feeling he wasn't going to. I'm, I, I wasn't know. sure. But also at the same point. It was being built up too much. He, he didn't die because of reasons. Because they wanted him on the show, like, is there really a good explanation? Just we'll figure that, like, it out, I'm sure. Like most of the time, people give in and kill themselves too early. Is that what they're saying? Or I think so. I think it's just that his race has been enslaved and conditioned for so long, and he's now in a he's at like a it's like environmental know, a power level, right? Yeah. Or a status level. So his body was like, bro, you don't need to be called and eaten. Well, no, I think that he just had somebody to talk. Th- talk it through and not another kelpian if he was with the other kelpians they're like oh you're dead yeah they would have been like okay it's time to die let's eat him but but because he was with his friend she was like i can't do this this is the knife that your sister used to do it with yeah Yeah. good good thing that it was like right at that time yeah like the moment she was about (laughs) to touch it she's like i just poked it and it fell off yeah yeah, it is like a kind skin of a, tag. It's kind of an interesting look of like nature versus nurture and stuff. And then afterwards, he's like rejuvenated. So yeah, he's just like he's like excited. He super up. alert. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, I really like this episode. I liked it best out of the three that we watched. Oh, I like this episode too. I just wish I hadn't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy that you get you gave it to us because I was Good. like, oh, this is a uh, 
this is a deciding factor. Yeah, I mean, this is these three episodes are what this show is. Uh, season four is coming out this week, I believe, as of dropping Ooh. the episode. Um, yeah, so you know, season one has its story arc. Season two has its story arc. Mm. Season three has its story arc. Um, with all these character moments in between, and like an overarching, um, arc. I guess I would say <laughs> there's not really like an overarching arc, but there are season long stories. Um, and I, I don't know. I thought I did a good job showing you what it is. You guys know what Star Trek is. Um, I'm just shocked that you guys haven't even attempted to watch anything, um, mm. in the last like four years. To be fair, to be fair, um, we've had this on the list since the podcast started. So I was like, I'm not going to start watching mm, this because okay. we're going to do it on the podcast yeah. at some point. Also, I didn't have Paramount Plus until recently. Um, anyways, Jim, do you have any overall thoughts? I do. Um, so I think the reason I haven't really given it a big shot is because I'm a fan of Red Letter Media, LOL. Um, so they have done episodes on Discovery or whatever. And like their main complaint about it is like, oh, it's too action-y. It doesn't feel enough like um, Star Trek to them. I could make such a good divisive joke right now. Do I know. Do you're going to say that they're a gatekeepy. No. It's fine. I don't. Just for the record, since you brought it up, everyone hates on me for my Red Letter Media episode Dude, discussion. It was a really bad take you had on that episode. Maybe I did, but we're all human. We, yeah. We're talking off the cuff here. Yeah. Um, so basically I was like kind of concerned about it because I was like, oh, maybe it's like too action. It's too much like the movies and stuff. But, um, I think episode three kind of really showed me what the show could be and probably is just based on what I know. Um, so I'm definitely, um, I'm possibly interested in going further. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I can talk about overall thoughts in this section, I guess I will say, like, let's talk about things that we haven't talked before, which is, like, I was a little underwhelmed with the look of this show. Really? It's certainly better than, like, the original series, The Next Generation, things like that. But I would have thought that this was the big series that pushed out Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. Some of the special effects in even more so the design choices left me a little bit lackluster. Like there was nothing wrong with them, but everything from the way the ships look to the uniforms, to the Klingons felt like redesign for the sake of redesign. I don't know. I think that it's just a new generation without, I think it's toned down JJ Abrams, which you have to be because it's TV. I guess. I just feel like the J.J. Abrams stuff had such a like a design language, like to say like, hey, this is the iPod of Star Trek. <laughs> I think season, well, season one gets into different territories. Um, season two with like Pike and number two and Spock, you have more of that brightness. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have more of that going into Brave New World. And season four is filmed with like the same technology as the volume that the Mandalorian was filmed. Yeah. So it's an oh, all digital cool. stage. So it might, it's going to, it's probably going to look absolutely amazing. I, I will also say that, okay, I, I, I'm sure that I'm a little skewed because unlike most Star Trek fans, my quote unquote Star Trek is enterprise, mm -hmm. but I, I have seen a lot of other ones and I can't help, but feel like this show feels a lot like enterprise. Maybe that's just me. Well, that's a good thing. Oh, you it like is. Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's not a criticism. It's <laughs> yeah. just my overall thoughts. Right. Yeah. It, it feels sort of like a continuation. However, I will say that this exists 
pretty close to when Star Trek Enterprise takes place. Mm. And it does feel a little weird. I mean, we only watched three episodes. Maybe there's references to Archer and stuff like that. Um, but there's not even references to big, huge plot lines from Enterprise. And this is only like 40 years later or something like that. I don't know. Mm. Just a thought. But yeah, things that I liked, I thought the cast was great. I thought the performances were excellent. They really did a great job with casting, filling out this show. Um, yeah, casting was very good. Yeah, I, I, uh, it was weird seeing like some of the new additions in season two, episode four. Mm-hmm. But I thought the guy they cast as Pike was really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Tig Notaro just shows up. Yeah, I love... Um, that was her first episode. She's not yeah. in a lot, but gotcha. she's in some episodes. She was fun. I felt bad like for Scotty. her. They gave her so much jargon to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anthony Rapp. Yeah. His character him. is awesome. His, he's like one of my favorite characters on the show. That's funny. Um, I don't really know what he was talking about. Apparently, this ship runs off mushrooms. Spores. So there. So this is a kind of a through story where he's inventing jumping, like how this the the warp drive. Yeah, yeah. It's not like warp speed, kind of. Yeah, it is the warp drive. Yeah, well, they already have a warp drive. Yeah, but they're making it better. Oh. And he found the technology, and it's mm-hmm. it's fueled off of like these spores. So through the like two or three seasons, actually. It just gets like more and more. It becomes very important. But I love that almost all like engineering guys in the history of Star Trek are are shown as either like tech gadget nerds or like like engine guys who would have worked on cars in our time. Mm-hmm. And instead, he's like this a crunchy dork. hippie dude. Yeah, it was just a cool take on that role. He's like into engineering because of like this like the science nerdiness of it rather than like mm-hmm. i could turn a wrench on this thing and make it move <laughs> yeah all right i think i've said enough i'm gonna ask you guys uh did i talk you into Do you have a final push i gave it i gave final pushes this entire time did i talk you into star trek discovery yes yeah. yay you talked me hard into just star trek in general i'm like I'm, i gotta watch every single se- like season Dude, that's series what i'm saying now. i just and watched just prodigy like, too it's yeah. really good i want to start from the beginning man i think i'm gonna start from the original series oh, you'll again. never make it through that's a lot yeah it's i like just, the original just, series no but it's oh, i do time too consuming. Yeah. don't it forget is, yeah. back then the oh shows yeah it's were like, like 55 minutes long each episode and there's like 24 episodes plus there's like season. 40 yeah. seasons yeah that's three seasons the original series yeah yes. no i mean like oh of, of, yes that's right you're you're telling us that you're gonna watch like deep space nine i think so and yeah all that shit i've heard deep space deep space nine it's very good <laughs> i mean all of them have their their yeah. fans and their high points uh so i was talked into this after episode two which is why i was like oh, every spoiler bothered me because i know i'm gonna watch and get up to that <laughs> that's the problem i had there i didn't want to get there into weren't many spoilery spoilers. For me. but i was just like spock is having visions of the red angel and i'm like i don't want to know this but yet. you don't know what the red <laughs> angel is and that's a series long thing all you know is red angel yeah. and i mean like if you if you've been on the internet you've seen the red angel i, I haven't. haven't oh well f me right <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna keep watching it. I wanted to keep watching it already, but I didn't want to like say stuff that happened. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, just just don't do this again, Jeff. <laughs> You're such a baby. We've jumped around and stuff before. I know this one was just worse. Uh, it was worse because, for me because you I, liked it so much. Because I knew I wanted. So it's to get really there. your fault. I almost was like, <laughs> "It's your fault that you like this, you dumb bastard." I was like very close to not watching that last episode and just saying like, "I don't want to spoil it," so I'm just gonna you talk me into it after the first two. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, good. I'm glad. Now we could watch Star Trek together. I thought the first two episodes were fine. I thought they were good, but like I liked the the third episode. It's crazy best. too because I forgot exactly where episode two ended. Mm-hmm. There are characters and stories that I thought were like in episode one that haven't even shown up. <laughs> That's funny. So there's there's a lot of stuff to unload. And yeah, you guys are gonna. And there's it. all tons of Star Trek content. Like I want to get into Star Trek Upper Decker. Sick. <laughs> cool <laughs> cool joke yeah i Very watched a couple cool. episodes it's good i just haven't followed up great well dan you're talking us into a show that's not star trek next week can we I just do a star trek episode instead no oh <laughs> i'm talking you guys into a very funny adult swim 15 minute per episode uh series well it gets longer after season one but uh it's, it's a john glazer vehicle if you're if you're into the comedy stylings of him it is called Delocated. Jimmy, Jeff, you have any exposure to this? Zip. Yeah, I watched it because we're recording a lot in one day. Yeah. Oh, spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> I mean, no, I've never seen it yeah. before. It's a fake reality show about a family who is in the witness protection program uh, having a reality show follow them, and they have to wear ski that masks. That seems like a bad idea. Yeah. So in the next episode, I'm going to have you guys watch the whole first season. We're going to talk about it. It's going to be great. In the meantime, Jeff, where can people find the podcast online? People can find the podcast on TalkMeIntoo.com. There you can find our social medias, which are Twitter at TalkMeInto, Instagram at TalkMeIntoPod, TikTok at TalkMeInto, Patreon.com slash TalkMeInto. We have exclusive episodes on there talking shit once a month, talking to myself once a month month i think i don't know when they come out you get a lot of stuff uh you get videos that we post on to youtube first before anybody else does like collector's edition you could see me talk about ninja turtle comics and dan talk about his movies and all of us talk about our records and jimmy's gonna talk about his kitties a kitty collection i like kitties yeah. <laughs> i don't know but it's all fun stuff five dollars a month who cares? Sign up once, watch it all, quit, sign up a year later. Who You could do anything you want. That's true. You could screw us out of all that money. We don't care. We care a little bit because we don't make a lot. Damn. This is America. Don't catch you slipping up. Yeah, it's about like violence and race and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But it's also about joining Patreon one time, watching everything. <laughs> Dan, where can people find you personally? You can find me on Twitter, Danny underscore breakdown, tweeting tweets, dropping drops, uh, all the things. I'm on dropping TikTok too. Drops. I'm on TikTok too, uh, but I also don't know how to post any videos, so I just watch things. Um, you can send me funny things. Uh, what else? Check, check out my band, Disqualifier. We got new music coming out soon. Maybe some of it will be featured on this podcast in beds. Nope, that's not how it goes. That's not it. <laughs> Jimmy? You can find me at son of a fitch, uh, S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And guys, we didn't even talk about it but by the time this episode's out so discussions is out man it's coming out weekly i've asked you when it's dropping and you're just like soon it's thursdays it's gonna be every thursday it's coming out wow once a week baby we have a new show where we're taste testing sodas 
and hilarity first episode ensues. drops. Insert date here. It's already out. I literally just dropped. said insert. It's out. <laughs> yeah. You can see Dan and I trying Coca Cola with coffee. With coffee. Yeah. We're excited about it. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, where can people find you? People on can the find web? me on So Discussions, yeah, which is on YouTube, and you can you can watch a video right now of me and Dan talking about Coca Cola with coffee, <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at J E F F F F F two seven. That's Jeff with five F's, the number twenty seven. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. Which Star Trek show will we talk you into next? Upper decks? I don't know. Voyager. Voyager. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready and we can start the show. Da, 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 da. Let I'm me know ready. when you're recording. Just I'm let ready, me know. Jimmy, are we ready to start? Are we recording yet? Yes. He's shaking his head, yes. I know, I was doing Jimmy's part. <laughs> yes, we're f***ing ready to record. Oh, Sorry, Jim. <laughs> My name is Jimmy. Jimmy. Yes, and I'm really a dork. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So are we good? We all um, sound okay? As long as it's coming through fine, I don't need to yeah. hear myself, which I'm not. Yeah. What's the third channel, Jim? Jeff. Oh, okay. He just wasn't talking. Yeah. Jeff. 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 See, it's fine. Microphone Jeff, one, two, three, four. <clears throat> Let me get one more sip of water. Let me get one more sip of... Let me get that. Whatever the hell that Let is. Let me get that. Cucumber lime guitar day. Remember? That was one of his talking themselves in, too. Oh, yeah. That was that was bad. Yeah. It was it very was. refreshing. Mmm. Tastes like a garden salad from Mexico. Ooh. Lemon, pepino. Check, check. I feel like I'm barely coming through. Look at that signal strength, Jim. Is that weak? No, it's fine. The leads are weak. <laughs>